Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in the Cheetah Roll Studios overlooking the majestic St. John's River in Jacksonville, Florida. It's Lauren Costelli. Good afternoon, Lauren. Good afternoon to you, Bobby. We didn't practice. I pronounced your full name right, right? You did indeed. Great Excellent. job. Just, just making sure. It's not that hard. I mean... You're a professional. Something like that. <laughs> Lauren, thank you for joining me for this special Friday edition of the show. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be back. Well, you're back, but just for a few minutes, and here's why. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, after your call into the live show during the TBTL marathon, we got to thinking that the world could use a little more Lauren in their life, especially after we were all charmed after you suggested that the live show be called August and everything after. I wish they had done that. <laughs> that child is amazing. Um, so I remembered that uh, early on in the days of LRB, way back, episode number eight, which aired in, what was it, May 2nd? Yeah, yep. I'm counting on my fingers because the date is uh, the date got auto turned into numbers, so it's five two twenty fifteen mm-hmm. May second twenty fifteen. You came on to LRB, one of our very first guests, and you talked to Mike and Christy about your life and your fandom, and you brought the classic clip of Katie Springer doing her favorite things in Ross Dress for Less. Still one of my absolute favorite TBTL moments is the Katie Springer <laughs> Ross Dress for Less strategy. I made everyone in my family listen to that um, episode as well as uh, my appearance on LRB. And they're still scratching their heads, but they're, th- that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to re-air that episode, but since then, some things have come up that are incredibly timely since everything's coming up, Lauren. <laughs> and I wanted to discuss those before we do the re- the rerun. So we're going to talk for just a few minutes, get the new updates in the life of Lauren, and then we'll throw to the clip and we'll we'll play the old episode for everyone. But before we do that, first and foremost, you've got a new book coming out. You're like a real <laughs> legitimate podcast guest. You're here to plug your book. Can you tell us about Love is Love? I would love to. So um, just just to, to be clear, I'm part of a writing team, but I am the lead writer on the book. And um, uh, Love is Love is uh, ideas and inspiration for the LGBTQ community who are uh, joining themselves in matrimony. It's a marriage book. And um, how I got involved is that the publisher is a friend of mine and a colleague from a job I had prior to the job I have currently when I was a coffee table book writer and we worked at a publishing company together and she and the editor reached out to me to see if I'd like to help, you know, produce this book freelance. And then when I found out what the subject is, I just really felt like it was an opportunity to advocate for marriage equality, which is a subject I'm passionate about. Um, and in my own small way, kind of share some light and dark times that we're living in. And, and just kind of bring forth uh, some goodness. So yeah, so I got to work with industry professionals who help uh, same-sex couples with their cakes, with their event planning, with their wedding planning, with the venues, um, photographers, anybody in the wedding industry who's also an advocate for same-sex marriage and marriage equality. 
there's still a lot of prejudice out there. And you hear about the bakeries in Colorado and Oregon that denied cakes to people and to couples. And, um, you know, it's just, you don't know where to turn necessarily as a same sex couple when it comes to planning your wedding. So, uh, that's really what the book's all about. And, um, it was great to, to get to be a part of it. Tell me a little bit about the forward to the book. You noted that that was a particularly moving part in your notes. I haven't had a chance to see the book yet, but I am going to order a copy through Amazon through a link that we'll put in the show notes. And everyone listening should too, because it's a good book to buy, support a 10, support a good cause. And also, you know, it's an LRB referral link. So we get some, some kickback on it. For sure. Pump up that jam fund. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about Elizabeth Schwartz. She is an attorney and, uh, and an activist and a historian also. She um, published a book recently called Before I Do, A Legal Guide to Marriage, Gay and Otherwise. And that book, there's an excerpt actually in the back of Love is Love, but she wrote the foreword and really provided some historical context for, um, you know, uh, basically marriage equality and how we got here. And it's been a 45-year-plus journey to now, and we're still not where we need to be in terms of marriage equality. But, um, but you know, she, she talks about Edie Windsor's landmark case and just a little bit about the different cases that led to where we are. So uh, it's a really um, interesting forward. And, and then I got to, um, I was honored to write the introduction to the book. And I, you know, I speak as an outsider from the community, but definitely an advocate. I have a lot of friends in the community and uh, many have been have had the opportunity to be married now, and um, so it's it was really an honor to work on the book, and it's beautiful to look at all the the photos, and and it's really inspiring to read. There's not a whole lot of text in it; it's it's really photo heavy. The different wedding professionals speak from first person perspectives and really share their visions for what marriage is and what love is supposed to be, and. I think that that was um, really the best part about it, that some of these couples have waited decades to be married. And it's just kind of exciting to to see that, you know, come to life. And you feel like you're looking through a, a family album or something. It's really cool. So, <laughs> Did you learn anything that was unexpected in all of this? I mean, I think the fight for marriage equality has been going on for a while. And a lot of us are younger, although not everyone. I'm 32 years old. I feel like this has been a progression since I was young, uh, whereas people older might think it was nothing for a long time and then it's a more recent thing. I, I guess it's been a long and slow progression, but I'm wondering if there's one thing that you thought you you learned or that was unexpected or surprising working on this project. I'll tell you what's kind of surprising is that my my relationship with marriage throughout my life has been rather fraught. I, you know, when I was young, I had this romantic idea that I would love to be in love and be married. And then the older I got, the more kind of cynical I got about marriage, you know, seeing divorces and seeing people marrying for the wrong reason and cheating and, and just all kinds of yuckiness, for lack of a better word. I think that what has happened in the last decade as couples who really want to get married have fought for it is that I've become a lot more, I guess, I've fallen back in love with the idea of marriage um, because people are doing it for the right reasons. And I think that that is what, as I was working on this book, you know, some of the um, featured professionals 
are gay and are married and had the opportunity to, to get married now and are planning and, and helping put on the weddings for others who are. And just seeing that, you know, it, it this is something they've waited so long for and they get to do it, like that really hit home to me. And it's made me kind of excited about and hopeful for like, maybe I can do it myself someday. <laughs> maybe I'd be married too one day. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, I'm nearly 40. And so it's, it's interesting to think that, you know, as a young person, I was like, yeah, you know, that'll be something that's definitely going to happen for me. And then as I fell out of, of just kind of that idea, um, it, it's reinvigorated. If I'm going to make this personal, I guess I am. It's reinvigorated my hope and desire to be married. So, uh, so I think that that has been kind of eye-opening. It's not something I expected, and I think this book was a huge part of that. So, Lauren, we make everything personal on LRB. You <laughs> it's all about me, y'all. <laughs> uh, talking about TPTL is just a thinly-veiled excuse to talk about ourselves. Right, absolutely. And then everything I say has some sort of a connection to something I heard on TPTL. So it's full <laughs> circle. Uh, one of those professionals that you mentioned that is married and is gay, if I'm right, is someone who you listed uh, who you thought you might share an excerpt from. Oh, Sean Rabideau. Yes, yeah. he um, he is an event planner. And I just wanted to read an excerpt from his profile, which I thought was pretty moving. He said, um, as a lifelong rule breaker... I find planning weddings for same-sex couples especially gratifying because there are no set standards for how the ceremony should go, where each person should stand, or when the vows should be said. We get to make and break all the rules to define a new tradition, create new trends. But more than that, I love working with same-sex couples because they truly embody the meaning of love. Coordinating each element to bring to fruition an idea that for many wasn't even a possibility a decade ago is an overwhelming and emotional experience, and I'm proud to help these couples showcase their love to the world as they finally get the chance to say, I do. That just really uh, moved me. So Yeah. You know, it's interesting. When Sam and I got married, um, we had a pretty conventional wedding. I mean, I'm a straight white guy who's married in my <laughs> 30s. There's not really many surprises in my life. But um, Sam and I got married and we didn't have a wedding party. We had a church wedding. It was an Episcopal church wedding. It's the church I grew up in, but, mm-hmm. um, we didn't have a wedding party and we just didn't think anything of it. What we really thought was we don't want to put our friends through feeling the obligation to throw us parties and get us extra presents and go through all the hoops and the dresses and the tux fittings and all that nonsense. We just didn't want to do it because we genuinely just believed, you know, we don't need people to stand up for us at our wedding. The entire room full of people who came to our wedding and all of our friends we think would be there for us in in times of need. We don't think we need to assign them that position <laughs> right. to, to make them, you know, advocates for our marriage and our lives and our, our livelihood. And a couple of Sam's friends, I'm thinking of one in particular who's, you know, raised in a fairly conservative household, just was shocked that we didn't have a wedding party and felt like it was sort of an affront to God and, and, you know, we weren't doing it right. And I just said, no, you don't get it. Everyone's our wedding party. Right. You're all here for this. And it's just one of those little things where whenever we find out somebody's getting married that we know and like, you know, uh, I always tell them, just remember, do everything your way. Everything is optional. You can do it 
You know, you don't have to do something just because people think you have to do something. And, you know, that's my straight white guy perspective on, on it. I mean, it's, it's should be an authentic expression of who you are as a human and who you are as a couple. And, you know, my brother's about to get married in two weeks, in fact, and they have no wedding party. A friend of ours is officiating. Um, they rented a big house and they're getting married on the beach and that's how they want to do it. And we're all going to stay in the house together, which will be interesting, but it's going to be just, huh. you know, a, an expression of who they are. They love to throw parties. So they just wanted to throw a party for all their friends and family. And that's what they're doing. And that's really what kind of radiates from this book too. It doesn't feel like you're looking at a wedding photographer's website. It feels like you're looking at a family album. Like these are my friends and here they are celebrating and it looks like so much fun. So I think that that's something that's cool about this book. So I'm not, you know, I I don't get any kickbacks from the sale of the book. I just think that it's important to, if it's a passion of yours to celebrate with the people who are celebrating. So, yeah. Well, we already did the commercial part because I jumped into it early, but I'll do it again now. You can pre-order the book. It goes out. It drops in April, right? I think so. Yeah. I'll have to confirm that. that. Yeah. But you can pre-order it now on Amazon. And uh, we'll put the link, of course, there in the notes, and we'll put it out on Facebook, and you should support Lauren and support Marriage Equality and and get the damn book because it looks really great. (laughs) Um, Okay. Now, before we cut to your clip from years ago that I want to re-air because it's so great, and we really should have had you on for another full episode, but we will do that again soon. Um, We need to talk about something from your call into the live show, and that is (laughs) these cheater roles. Can you please elaborate a little bit more, just expound a little bit on what the hell a cheater role is, and remind everyone where you work, the, the field you work in. So I work at a distribution company, and we distribute all kinds of products for building maintenance and repair, and I'm on the janitorial side of the business. So it's they call it Jansan, janitorial sanitation, Jansan. Um, it's great. And uh, so our products range everything from, you know, industrial paper products or commercial paper products to odor control and uh, skin care and, and hand sanitizer, um, waste containment, and the like. And um, I don't know how, oh, I think we were talking about the Jags and the Jags playing the Patriots in that fateful game. And we had a Patriots fan who sits next to me, and they were doing all kinds of things to to prank him while he was in a meeting, and they TP'd his um, cube. And so I mentioned that we have these, you know, giant, they call it jumbo roll tissue, or JRT. Um, And so JRT is those big rolls that you see in public restrooms, and often we, our, our merchant will order them, um, samples of them from different suppliers and then roll them down the aisle and measure them to be sure that indeed this is a 900 foot roll or this is an 800 foot roll. And um, so, so cheetah rolls are the rolls that are actually 675 feet and they're calling it an 800 foot roll. Um, and it's, you don't have cheetah rolls from the big name suppliers. It's typically smaller name suppliers and it's always this big industrial um, toilet paper. So don't worry if you go to the, you know, Target and get Charmin, you're not going to be cheated. But, but often, you know, they find that 
some of these roles aren't quite what they appear to be or what they purport to be. So it's it's good fun. <laughs> Work, Wilted Northern family. I wouldn't know anything about this Charmin. I'm a Charmin gal all the way. Charmin ultra strong. I'm a, I'm a toilet paper lad. I'm such a loyalist to my TV. Oh, I am too. And I yeah. ordered on Amazon through the LRV <laughs> links so that I can get it by the case. And Absolutely. my favorite... My favorite part of the toilet paper delivery is that it comes in a giant box that says Quilted Northern on it. And so I just assumed that the the U.S. mail guy who has to drop it off, it's not my regular <laughs> mailman. It comes with a separate truck. It comes on like a package delivery route. Wow. And he just, I don't know if he wonders what the hell's wrong with us because we keep getting these <laughs> giant boxes of Quilted Northern or if he's just so used to it because of the Amazon economy. I had a friend who was like ashamed every time he had to buy toilet paper. He didn't want to ever do it. It just kind of blew my mind. He would send other people into uh, CVS to buy his toilet paper when we were working together at Starbucks. <laughs> it was so mystifying. We're going to have you back to do a book review of Everybody Poops. Oh, absolutely. I'd be happy to. <laughs> but is your office just overflowing with like sample products and things? Do you just have all these things at your disposal? Absolutely. So yesterday it was uh, switch plates multiple colors of switch plates and they were just sitting on the filing cabinet and today they're gone and one day it'll be toilet bowl brushes one day it'll be you know like lamp like light bulbs we call them lamps um it's but it's usually they're mismatched and you don't have the right fixture and i was saying on the on the show last week that you know we'll have the soap refills but you won't have a dispenser at home and yet people still bring them home. <laughs> That's funny. It's crazy. I have a funny situation. So um, I moved offices more than six months ago now, but my colleagues and I are renting some office space in Boston from a slumlord. And if he hears this, I don't <laughs> care. Um, and oh, most no. of the floor we're on is abandoned. Not abandoned, abandoned, but it's it's empty. empty. And it has been for a long time. And the bathrooms are pretty gross because... Ooh. They weren't being cleaned, like, the whole time the floor was empty, and it was a charter school that was on that floor before, so they were destroyed by children before oh, that, even no. though they're, like, adult-sized bathrooms. Mm -hmm. So they're getting, like, half-ass cleaned now, um, and the clean there's a cleaning staff that comes through, but they're not exactly trying really hard, and we've basically been promised that once somebody rents out the floor, things will get cleaned up and remodeled, because they're, they're pretty beat up. Aren't you somebody? <laughs> you know. Hopefully, yeah. eventually, somebody else. It's Boston, gotcha. so eventually the real estate will become valuable. Sure. So we have the soap dispensers and the paper towel dispenser and the toilet paper dispensers that were all there from the last tenants, mm -hmm. but we don't have the keys to open them, and we don't have the product that fits their all Ecolab. Oh. And well, so if you if you go into our bathrooms right now, there are just some dollar store re refillable soap dispensers, and I bought just I bought in bulk some hand soap and some hand towels that are the z folded ones in a baskets to put them in uh-huh and just there are just regular rolls of toilet paper sitting on the industrial dispensers oh my so goodness so it's really ghetto when we have guests over it's really embarrassing <laughs> that is crazy we should talk offline let me see what we can do <laughs> i'm serious like i will i will pull some strings but um, I'm impressed that you knew Z-Fold. That is industry lingo in the is it, well, folded towels. I, that's, a, 
that's a paper thing too. So, all right, we'll talk offline and everybody please order Lauren's book so that she'll have more incentive to send me janitorial supplies for my poor ass nonprofit office. I could talk about janitorial all day. um, Oh, we will. (laughs) This is like the clean side of poop talk. I like it. Yes. All right. We're going to throw now to the original episode of LRB that you were on back from 2015. Just a couple of things before we do that. Um, you wanted to clarify something from that episode, which is that you, in fact, were not drunk. Correct. Correct. I think I went through a period where um, I don't know if I didn't talk enough or my tongue swole. At any rate, anytime I was on LRB or left a voicemail, I sounded like I was just real drunk and I was not tired or emotional. I think I was sipping something, but I had, hadn't gotten that far <laughs> down the cups yet. So... Just FYI, not drunk. I didn't, I didn't think you sounded drunk, but, but if you wanted to clarify, I'll certainly give you the room to do that. A <laughs> uh, couple other notes. It's it's been a couple of years. It's been almost two years. You still haven't made it to a live show. No, I haven't. So much FOMO, but I think we should all rally behind Nick Arms down in Orlando and get him to win this contest. Um, because I'm not going to win because nobody ever does anything I ask him to do. <laughs> around here but um but i bet he could because he's got friends and uh he also works at that amazing hotel down there so it would be kind of a cool place to good point to go and it's east coast southeast so a little bit closer yeah or maybe i've never s- been to orlando so you haven't that would be oh. fun. i haven't been to jacksonville either i should just come down we should just have our own party forget the podcast oh i have a guest room so y'all can come stay and a guest bathroom too, which is important. And you know I've got janitorial products in there. I was gonna say it. it's weirdly overstocked though. There's stall <laughs> doors and a paper towel dispenser and never mind the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also in this episode, you make what I think in the light of twenty eighteen is uh, a controversial statement about your affection for the mummy. Oh boy. I did. I used to have a real crush on the mummy with his John Denver loving bluegrass playing tall ass skinny self thing that he had going on i don't know what it was he was a handsome man his name is isaac which is a good name and um he was weird but i think he just it was a bridge too far um just hearing all the stories of his lack of of cleanliness and and really um manners and his i guess not misogyny exactly but i think he plays it pretty fast and loose with the ladies and so i just wanted to clarify that um the the crush has has really dissipated (laughs) the handshake pregnancy didn't do it for you yeah you know at first i thought that was not charming but kind of jokey and now i'm worried that maybe i mean obviously can't you know that that was a joke but but at the same time i think you know were he able to turn that handshake into a potential pregnancy, <laughs> might have might have kind of gone there. So, um, so yeah, I just I, I've I've tamped that down in my um, my wiser wiser years. You're the only person I know who would be both disgusted by the pregnancy handshake and uh, be in a position to send him an industrial Purell dispenser. That's right. <laughs> They're some of my favorite people, the Purell folks. They're great. I love Gojo. They're great. I'll shout it from the rooftops. 
All right, we're going to take a listen to this clip. We're not going to come back after, so please enjoy. Remember, you can buy things at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, including but not limited to Lauren's book. You can buy our merch at littleredbandwagon.com. Keep archiving. Keep listening to E&E Pod. Find us at littleredbandwagon.com, throwyourphone.com, all that good stuff. LRB Podcast on Twitter. Lauren, where can people find you? On Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time because I'm an old lady. <laughs> That's what I do. That's really my one social media outlet. Um, I have a Twitter account and don't remember my login. And I'm on Instagram, but um, I don't really do a lot on Instagram. So yeah, you can Facebook me and I'd love to be your friend and I will totally talk to you and like stuff. And um, that's where I am, y'all. And I'm in Jacksonville, so come visit. I like it. Little Red Bam, I get at gmail.com, 802-432-TBTL is the voicemail line. And uh, I see you wrote this out a little bit. So why don't you get us out of here, Lauren? I'd love to. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Christy. Do all three parts. You got it. Okay. Nailed it. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Little Red Bandwagon. That's the LRB. And tonight we have a guest, Lauren Costelli. Hi, Lauren. Hi, how's it going? Uh, very good. Lauren it joins us from Jacksonville, Florida. Is that correct? That is correct. And we're going to uh, do a, her favorite clip in TBTL history tonight. Christy is also here. Hi, Christy. Hello. Hey, this Christy. This is a miracle everyone's hearing each other. <laughs> I'm so happy. We had about a half an hour of nobody being able to hear each other, folks. So, <laughs> so this is a minor miracle that we're, we're, we've gotten this far. We're going to play... Um, her clip after we uh, talked to her about her history with TBTL. Um, Lauren has chosen the Ross Dress for Less Katie Spranger segment. And that <laughs> that is one of the funniest ones of all time. And I'm really glad we're, we're getting a chance to play it. She submitted a lot of segments to us, but that's the one that <laughs> I personally wanted to hear again the most. So yes. that's the one I chose. If there's time, because we have a lot to talk about with Lauren. If there's time, we'll do a TBTLism of the day. And we'll definitely tell you how to get involved at the end because this show depends on you. So, Christy, take the next segment away. Hello, Lauren. Hey, Christy. <laughs> so, how did you uh, start listening to TBTL? Well, I started listening when I had moved out of my, um, it was a recent ex and moved into, um, out of his house and into a studio apartment and I didn't have cable or really any source of entertainment. So I was streaming, wait, wait, don't tell me archives from the NPR website. And that's back when Luke was, um, often on the show and would stand in for Peter when he'd go out of town. So I thought this guy's pretty cool. And so I, um, I heard that he had a podcast and I listened to an episode. This was around 2010 and it was a live show of some sort. And I gotta be honest, it didn't really get me. So I said, eh, it's, I don't think that's for me. It was a little bit of wait, a shit show, not gonna lie. Wait, Lauren. Sorry, I didn't. Lauren, yeah, I have to stop yeah. you. I got married on a live show in 2010. And now that. Yeah, so what are you saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> sounds like you might have tuned out on me. you saying his wedding was a shit show? Oh my God. <laughs> no, it's not the same one, is it? Okay. 
Oh my god! Nice guest you picked, Mike. I maybe I maybe turned it off before there was some comedian he was interviewing. That can't be the same one. Mm, I don't think so. Anyway, I mm. think it was a different one because I that anyway. So whichever one I listened to, I didn't listen to the entire thing. And so mm-hmm. later, um, I don't know what compelled me to listen again, but what got me was an interview with Ben Gibbard, which is the guy from Death Cab. And, uh, anyway, it was, it was just a really good interview. And then I started listening more and, um, and then I didn't realize that they had archives of their show until Jen mentioned going to, um, this is Jen Andrews, one of the original hosts, uh, went to dinner with some tens and I thought, what's that? And that's what I realized that I had a lot of catching up to do and that this was an, an entire world that I had, um, uh, that I was just kind of scraping the surface of. So that's when I started time banditing old episodes, beginning with the first one and listening to the three hours of those before the hour that would post every day. So it got a little crazy, but eventually I caught up. <laughs> so you've heard every, you've heard everything. I've heard everything and re-listened to a lot of it and and sent it to to friends and and family to try to get them on board and it's just it's a hard nut to crack and you know I mean, you really need mm-hmm. context that's why they mm-hmm. say inside to the power of inside mm-hmm. um so anyway that's that's kind of my history and uh into the world of tbtl you know i'm looking at your notes lauren and, and you said your first episode was a live show that that was the one from bumbershoot and and uh yeah that was not the show that I got married on or the show the previous <laughs> evening. So, so Thank big goodness. relief. And I do remember he, he was like doing some backstage interviews and some onstage interviews and stuff like that. It was, it wasn't like an, a TBTL, it wasn't. like some, yeah. something that he put together as an extravaganza. It was sort of like, I'm going to go do the show live from Bumbershoot. Exactly. And so it just didn't really, I, I didn't really get it. And then mm-hmm. when I started listening to, you know, stories of, of their biggest shame moments from childhood. And I was like, Oh, this is what this is about. Right. I got this. Yeah. Those bumper shoot shows are hard because you kind of have to do it because there's such good talent just wandering around. But at the same time, these are people that are just agreeing to do everything. Yeah. And so then they kind of have to be explained like, Oh, there's this show, but it's a podcast. And, (laughs) come here and there's an audience and everyone's going to know what we're doing, but you're not. And so it, it is kind of, those are, those are weird shows, but they're really fun to go to. I'm sure. Yeah. It always, it, when I listened to later bumper shoots, cause I've, I'd heard some others with Sean there and it was kind of a different story, but just no context whatsoever for anything Seattle related or, or, you know, <laughs> really TBTL related. I was just like, who are these people and why, why am I listening? So it all became clear. And then, and then later I learned about stick cam, which is the, the live, right. the live, uh, video of the recording of the show that sometimes I think I remember seeing work. your name. I think I remember seeing yeah, your name. What was your name in, in there? I, I remember seeing El Castelli just in the chat, right? It's yeah. I probably didn't get very creative with it. Cause usually <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I'm me. 
So, um, yeah, so, but I joined later when I was in a job that was just totally miserable and I was actually able to, to just kind of, well, I don't even know how I did any work. We won't tell my former boss that I never did any work <laughs> at work, <laughs> that I was just well, chatting, chatting with other tens. But Lauren, I have a question about, uh, your time banditing and, and this will be for anyone who did what you did that comes on this show that you time banded back to the start. <clears throat> I, you said that you caught up in the middle of 2011 and so you no longer had, you know, two and a half, three, four hours of TBTL a day. Yeah. Was that a relief or was that a, a, a disappointment? It was a disappointment. And I think that that's mm -hmm. what's been happening with me lately is that, and that's why I'm so grateful for your show um, because really one, it's a chance to kind of relive that and experience um, the best moments um, but two, it's, it fills in the gaps, <laughs> like you said, mm -hmm. like peanut butter. Um, <laughs> and it's also kind of why I've started listening to stack of dimes because I just need more of the world in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Is, the, the different you know, satellites. Yeah. Right. So it's, um, it really, uh, I don't know what I, where I'd be without TBTL in a way. And it's interesting that my family has absolutely no idea what I'm talking about still. I'm like, this is seven plus years of my life we're talking about and you have no idea. So no, but it's. Yeah. Try having a tattoo from a podcast <laughs> that no one cares about. <laughs> in Latin. Yeah, in Latin. Try explaining that. As proximum convivium. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. and they can't even pronounce it. I mean, that's yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> you're many levels deep on that one, Christy. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's pretty. So, I like it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you you haven't been able to because it just seems like you're one of the most isolated, like perfect tens there is. I mean, you're so into it yet you're so far away from where the action is happening. Have you ever made it to an event? Have you ever tried to make it to an event? I mean, you did the, the stick am thing, but did it ever, did you, did you ever look, look up uh, flights for anything? I did. And you know, it was just never feasible for whatever reason it would be in the middle of the week or it would be, <laughs> you know, a week that I was traveling or who knows, but, um, but I did, I did live tweet the thousandth episode the live show. Oh, and right. You sent us a picture of that. Yes. I was in full TBTL regalia. I had my <laughs> Chateau Saint Michel. And that's when um, the the film critic, if you will, Hot Greg, who used to call in mm -hmm. from payphones and do... <laughs> oh, we're we're going to do... We're going to do a few shows on He's Hot Greg, believe me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I won't spoil it, but he, he okay. and I were going back and forth a lot. I'm sure that Mike, you and I were too, and um, mm -hmm. I, you know, who knows who else at that time. But that, I mean, I, I think at one point I cried. It was a really emotional experience for me because it's the closest I've come to being at an event. But that's, I mean, to go roller skating or to prom. I mean, those are the kinds of things that, uh, yeah, that I really missed out on living in Dallas, far, far yeah, away. I kind of, I kind of feel for you there because, like. There are some events like those two you mentioned, the roller skating and the prom that just aren't my thing, but I went to them because, you know, all the cool people were going to be there. Yeah. But yeah. if you could have just quantum leapt into old clip clops body and I would have let you <laughs> yeah. definitely have that experience instead of me, I would have, you know, spent a, a couple nights alone in Dallas. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you. I appreciate that. But I feel you... I feel bad when someone really wants to go and then <laughs> they can't go and I don't really want to go and I go. That makes me feel yeah. bad. But what would have happened? I mean, what about Emily, you know? Uh, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's pretty, true. That's pretty incredible. So. I forced myself to go to that one too, where I met Emily and she was very unimpressed with me. But <laughs> <laughs> At least. Well, with cargo shorts and a vest, denim vest. Yeah, the denim vest that she claims I was wearing and the brown <laughs> eyes that I don't have. I remember seeing a picture from that. It was at some coffee shop, wasn't it? With coffee. It was at a wine bar. bar. Yeah, it looked yeah. like a coffee shop. Yeah. Right. And I I remember seeing a picture of it, and y'all had read Oscar Wow, and I believe that um, mm-hmm. like my book club had read that, but earlier. And anyway, but I used to. I mean, you know, like I'm such a, a voyeur, I guess. It's kind of creepy in a way. But yeah, I used to look at all the pictures from prom and all the pictures from the yeah. events and think, I could have been there. So Well, we'll have Jeremy put up the, the picture of you from the thousandth episode <laughs> okay. when we uh, post no, this, be our picture post this because Wait, um, my... I have that shirt too. I love that shirt. I, I love that shirt. shirt. So Me too. Much. I look a little I look a little drunk in that picture. So a little. Um, <laughs> you look a lot drunk. A lot tired of, and emotional. I, <laughs> when you sent it to us, I was yeah. I thought that picture was taken at this moment before you said it was the thousandth show, and I was like, Jeremy, I don't know, I don't know. If she's gonna be drunk. <laughs> this isn't gonna work well at all. No, no. I definitely, I had planned a whole evening for myself, <laughs> and my boyfriend was downstairs the whole time. I was like, do not, for any reason, <laughs> come upstairs. I'm with my people, okay? Uh, yes. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm having my weird affair with all these people yes. I've never met. Keep that subwoofer <laughs> turned way down because I will not have reverb upstairs. Thanks. <laughs> so um, have you had any uh, like email or like voicemail and any of that stuff read on the air over the years? What's been kind of your involvement with the guys? Yeah, so I've never made it on the air. And that's why I feel so honored to be, what, number eight in the eighth episode. <laughs> because you've got, like, Bruce and Lake Stevens, who's been at events and, like, one of my absolute favorites. And, um, you know, in the studio. And then you've got John and it just the – and then you guys. And then here's me. But um, – <laughs> But I have written to Luke and gotten responses, which is pretty incredible given his track record. And <laughs> and I'm thinking it must be the subject matter of the emails I've sent him. So one of them is the Cooking with Sean theme song, which I wanted as my ringtone. And this is, I mean, maybe a year and a half ago when I moved back to Florida. I had mentioned it at work and somebody said, why don't you just write to the podcast host? I'm like, you just don't do that, guys. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's literally tens of us and he doesn't have time to read it. Like, I'll get an autoresponder. It's not going to work. But they said, you know, just go for it. So I did. And he sent me back a one-line response that said, here you go slash welcome to hell. And there was the link. <laughs> The link to the Cooking with Sean theme song. And that was my ringtone for until I got the iPhone. And I just, I've been too lazy to link it up. But I don't get tired of that song. And every other ringtone I have, I get so tired of. If this song isn't playing behind this whole story, I'm (laughs) mad at Jeremy again for yet another reason. Oh my God, that would be my dream to just have (laughs) Cooking with Sean. Constantly playing behind me everywhere I went. Be so, yeah. 
I have a friend that when I call her phone, the Sean DeTori investigates place. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. That's a good one. Um, Sean, we just, we need more Sean. He's just gold all the time. I, and then the other email I sent was, um, should I say this on the air? So you should. I, you should. I was, any time that anything involving the mummy is mentioned on the show or mummy's letters are mm. read, it's just so fascinating to me. And I was just thinking, and I had seen, you know, because being being that I'm a, a TVTL stalker, I'd seen pictures of him like, he's a pretty attractive guy for somebody who lives <laughs> in an earth ship and doesn't really groom. He's very handsome. Yeah. So, and he plays like, you know, in a, in a bluegrass band. And anyway, so I was like, huh, I wonder if he's single. So I thought I'd go ahead and write Luke about that. And I did. And oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's essentially how Luke responded. He was like, okay, here's what you need to know. Yes, but you may not. Uh... I, he would have given you the mummy's <laughs> phone number had the mummy had a phone. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> The more the more store like details I get, I, I realize that um, that maybe he was he was cautioning me for good reason. But still, still, you know, it uh, the idea the idea lurks, if you will. P- people should be able to make their own bad decisions. That's how that's what I feel. Go ahead right. and give out the mummy's digits. That's how I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. So, but I have yet to meet a female TBTL fan that's not fascinated by the mummy. And oh, yeah. I have yet to meet a, a male TBTL fan, including myself, that <laughs> that doesn't get it. <laughs> we just don't get it. <laughs> I just well, have I you seen him? He's you don't. He's really I mean, dreamy. I don't know. It doesn't seem like he would exist on this planet, and somehow he does. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a, he's a, a unique flower in this yes. world for sure. So yes. I think just unpacking that is is part of it for you know women are all about mystery right so <laughs> i agree and what the first time i met him it was at the bush gardens karaoke when uh <laughs> luke split his head open which <sighs> my brother-in-law blames me for because i was making luke do uh he blames it, you for thing. yeah because luke was buying me drinks because i won a contest <laughs> and it was some drink where you drop one thing into another thing and slam it oh yeah that's always a great those. idea absolutely yeah. Yeah. So Luke was like, "Let's like have another bomb. one." Wasn't that what that was? I, I don't remember. I don't. I don't know what the exact percentages are, but I think <laughs> anyone who's drinking a drink that has to be dropped into another drink is <laughs> better than an even bet to be throwing up within two hours. Yeah, yeah well, or slicing your head open, or like puking out of your. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah. bad, really bad, is going to happen. It doesn't. Yeah. Go, so that go night, wrong. I ended up sitting next to the mummy and DJ Tuna at. Bush Gardens, oh, and I just said, "Hi, are you the mummy?" And I held out my hand to shake it, and then he shook it and held it for a long time, and then he said, "And now you're pregnant." And now you're I what? said, "Pregnant," <laughs> like he had impregnated me by shaking my hand. And then I said, "Well, I guess I See? should probably stop yeah, drinking this." I don't yep. get it. <laughs> but I would. I said I should. Yeah, I said I should probably stop drinking now. Then. Oh man, Christy, what do we? What do you say we get to the reason that uh, we've called Lauren here? Let's uh, okay. let's get to the clip. This clip, Ross dressed for less, 
everyone knows and has experiences at Ross Dress for Less. It's a communal experience. Um, <laughs> the, this clip will emphasize many of the things that we all know to be true about Ross Dress for Less. Um, this was, what was the year of this one, Christy? Was this like 2008? August 2008. 2008. Yeah. Um, still a radio show. It was an entire hour devoted to how to shop at Ross Dress for Less to get the most out of your experience. And to do that, they had on one of the producer, actually the producer of the Ron and Don show, which was the show that was on before TBTL. Um, Time-wise, not 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 the show that preceded it in the 710 slot. <laughs> but uh, so Katie Spranger is her name, and she is a absolute freak about shopping at Ross Dress for Less. <laughs> Um, I don't know if uh, I need anything more. I guess, uh, Jeremy, let's just play that, and uh, we'll be back right afterwards. All right. So uh, we've come to the part where we want to talk about getting steals of deals on clothing. And I don't think anybody knows more about that. And really, let's just expand it beyond just clothing. Let's talk about an overall uh, way of living one's life that involves never paying more than... Thrift. I just call it an, uh, a way of living one's life... In thrift. And the uh, person you're, you're hearing from, if you're a regular listener to Cairo, you of course know that this is the lovely Katie Springer, producer extraordinaire. Thank you very much. To Ron and Don. Um, but if you don't know, she is the producer of that show and a good friend of ours. And we were at her and her fiancé Jeff's housewarming party. And you, I would say for at least four hours, <laughs> regaled me. Most likely. With... Tales of your awesome clothing finds, most of them centering around Ross Dress for Less. Ross Dress for Less. And really, the only thing in our house that's worth more than like $15, Jeff bought. <laughs> what is that? Uh, the couch. And and because and and actually. Now, where, where, did you, where did Jeff buy it at? Uh, Jeff bought that at like Crate and Barrel. A place, mind you, that I had never walked into uh, until oh, we no. got together. <laughs> never, never even entered a crate and barrel before. Uh, before Jeff and I uh, became affianced. I believe it because all the things you showed me in your house actually were free. <laughs> I get a lot of free stuff. Um, I get a lot of free stuff, and I, as far as furniture is concerned, I have a hard time uh, even considering buying new furniture. I can't do it, and I won't do it. And the only reason we have anything new is because Jeff does not have a problem with it. All right. I want to talk about the furniture, record players, things like that yes. in a bit. I want to start, though, with your true love because, you know, it, it, the clothes make the girl. It's true. I do You're, get a bit wh misty. When did you first walk into a Ross Dress for Less? I first walked into a Ross Dress for Less. Uh, I actually do remember because I was in college and I was in college in Boston and I was broke. And I mean, I was so broke that even TJ Maxx was too much. <laughs> like, that's how broke I was. Like TJ Maxx was too much. So there was a Ross Dress for Less on, I think it was on Boylston Street or maybe the TJ Maxx was on Boylston. Anyway, long story short, there was a Ross in, uh, in, um, Boston and I walked into it and my eyes just sort of lit up because you you walk in there and you're like I need a pair of pants and you're used to walking into a place and saying I need a pair of pants and you see price tags are like 50 bucks or 40 bucks and even that is like oh god I just can't do it you know what I mean and you walk into a Ross dress for less for the first time and you flip over the tag and you see like Levi's you know and you're like oh that's good I've heard of Levi's and you flip <laughs> over the tag and it says 
fifteen dollars, or it says twelve ninety, or it says seven eighty eight, or something, and you're like, I can do this. And sometimes I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: when I was growing up, when we started going to Ross, that was when you knew things were really coming together for the Burbank family. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The, the hierarchy was uh, fill the bag, rummage sale. Not right. regular rummage sale. My mom's move was, and probably still is, go at the end of the rummage sale when they just have crap they have to get rid of. And they just of. want to give it away. And so then they will sell you a paper bag for a dollar and then anything you can cram in the bag. Oh, yeah. We used to go to this place that was a dollar a pound. And it was great. It was called the Bargain Barn, and you and there was always a line a mile long uh, before the Bargain Barn end opened. And so everyone would like line up outside the Bargain Barn, and then the gates would open. Everyone would just shoot in there like they were shot out of a cannon. And and then you'd run around and you'd pile as much as you can into these ginormous wooden bins. Pile as much as you can in there, uh, and then you were off to the races. <laughs> <laughs> it was well, and you know though it it beat the time when I invited a little friend over to uh, play, and the next day her mom showed up with uh, a box of like canned goods and old clothes. So, <laughs> so the bargain barn definitely beat that. That's for the, sure. It, because because that was her mom's impression of the the. <laughs> Conditions you were living in? Yeah, that was her impression. Your mom is now a, so. your mom is now an elected politician, right? Sadly, she is an unelected politician. Oh, I guess Sadly, those radio spots yeah. you made for it didn't didn't help. <laughs> Actually, she got a really good response from those radio spots. Thank you very much. An excellent response from those radio spots. But no, alas, they did not help. Well, I uh, when I was a kid and first able to go to the Ross Dress for Less, I had the same reaction, which was like, "Oh my God, these are." Things I have seen, at least they're cousins of things I've totally. seen in Nordstrom, but they're, you know, $8. I can talk my mom into this. Oh, yeah. But the problem is you, I feel like you kind of get what you pay for. Oh, I disagree 100%. Wow. Yeah. You, you you live by the credo, you don't get what you pay well, for. Well. <laughs> or you get what you don't pay for. That's exactly the credo I live by. I live by the credo, uh, you get what you look for. That's wow. the that is the name yeah. of your first book. <laughs> you Katie get what Springer. you look for. Yeah, and and I was I was actually and uh, it has to end in an exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> exclamation point! You get what you case. look for. <laughs> exactly, me on the front cover yeah. with my arms crossed. Totally, Absolutely. it like it like all clothes that still have the price tag yeah. hanging off. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and then in the bit of the book, you like I'll sell the book for like ninety nine cents. <laughs> and then you have to talk everybody down. But no, I I, I really think that if you like you got to go into Ross and you have to really be willing to invest the time and the effort and energy into it. Like if you want to uh look like you shop at Nordstroms and shop at Ross Dress for Less, it's possible. You just have to pay attention. Like you just have to actually take some eff- I know that this sounds ridiculous, but you have to put some effort into it. And don't you have to go numerous times? You can't just oh, go absolutely you have to go can. like doesn't it become like an almost weekly thing? Yes. And I was actually telling uh Jeffrey this on the way here. Uh you must there's three R's to shopping at Ross Dress for Less. <laughs> Are you ready? Wait, 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 Sean! Can you get the I, can you get the ding ready? <laughs> we might have to have the ding. I just want this to I, really. I just hope that I don't forget one of them. Yeah. Okay. okay well, you're gonna have right. one. Okay, go for it. All right. All right. The first R of shopping in Ross Dress for Less is research. The second is recon. 
And the third is be ready, which kind of is a B, but it's also an You can R. just say readiness. <laughs> Does that mean having cash? Readiness. No, be ready is kind of the most um, sort of esoteric All right, well, let's start with the first R's. one. Let's start with okay. the first one, research. Research. You have to know what is a good brand and a bad brand because you can walk into Ross and you can find two pairs of pants and maybe they look nice, right? But one of them is like... You know, DKNY, and the other one is Mossimo. Mm -hmm. And Mossimo, we all know, is a Target brand, right? So you have to know what you're getting yourself into. Like, I know that if there's a pair of pants that I buy at Target, they're probably not going to be the best thing on the block, right? But I know that if I buy a pair of pants that is like a well-known, decent brand, that they're probably going to last me and I'm getting what, more than what I pay for. Mm -hmm. So you just have to know what you're looking for. If I was you, I would know that an unlined pair of pants means that they are junk. You know, that's a big one. Unlined pair of pants. Right. Like if you're buying a pair of work pants. Jen, you're with me on yeah. this, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you're buying a pair of work pants and they have no lining inside them, they're junk. They're trash. You have to check uh, for lining and you have to check for the hem. Absolutely. People steal the lining? <laughs> no, they just don't put it in to save money. And oh, that's okay. how you know that they are, you know, junk. Okay. Um, also, I'm a big fan of... There's a way of of designing a label mm -hmm. where you know that it's good and you or you know that it's bad. Like if any label has glitter thread, <laughs> that's not a good that's not a good brand. You don't want that. If if for instance the brand is like looks vaguely like a fancy brand, like I remember there was this one place I used to shop <laughs> That had a, that had its own private label of pants called Gus Jeans G U S S, but they they had put in between the the U and the S they had put a, an American flag, so it kind of looked like Guess Jeans. <laughs> that was good. Or D K N Y C. Or there they the, there's all kinds of tricks. That that's store was I'm definitely saying. owned by not native born <laughs> no, American folk. That was called. The Rainbow with an A, <laughs> T-H-A. Hey, did you Rainbow. know, by the way, that Forever 21 started out as just a one store in L.A.? I did, and, and it's actually in, um, blah, 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 oh my goodness, it's, it's oh, now I can't remember where it is. It's on uh, Figueroa, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it, was, it, was like a, it was like a rainbow. It was totally. like just a kind of weird store called Forever 21 that yeah. has now become this massive thing. I know. I, I don't want to get bogged down on that, though. I'm sorry. I could talk Forever 21 all okay. night. Recon. Recon. Recon is probably the most important, and I think the most overlooked, is you got... Have you, you got thought it. about teaching an extension class at North Seattle Community College? You know I'm going to look into it. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I have seen shadier extension classes offered there. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is no worse than teaching people how to buy, uh, uh, you know, retail... Or, blue, or, or blues guitar, as I'm I learned there <laughs> in the University of uh, North Seattle Community College Extension. Anyway, so... Recon is is one of the most important. Is okay. if you're if you're gonna do this and you're gonna be committed, then be committed already, right? So you have to go to all the Ross Dress for Lesses in your area. What? Yes, you do. I know because you're gonna go to one and you're gonna say, oh, they've got nothing here. But maybe it's just a bad Ross Dress for Less, mm -hmm. right? I do so love that you're incapable of just calling it Ross. <laughs> you at the end of your life, you would have, I would say, an extra two years if you just called it Ross. Ross, well, I'll considering how much you it. talk about it, I that take is it a seriously. Huge use of your time. I you agree. have very little Listen, free though, time. You know what? It's Listen, the thrill of the chase. If you're gonna go to, let's say you're gonna go to one Ross dress for less three times. 
Why not just go to each Ross Dress for Less one time? And then you'll get a feel for which Ross Dress for Less is going to be the best one for your needs. Like, there are some Ross Dress for Lesses that are really good for, say, stop laughing, it's important. <laughs> there are Ross Dress for Okay, so I'll take you through the local Ross Dress for Less. Please do. First of all, downtown is fantastic. Downtown has everything. Downtown is best for clothing, and uh, their shoes for are dental just... work. You want the one in Totem Lake, <laughs> obviously. I the mean, one in Totem medical. Lake. The one in Totem Lake is really fantastic for shoes. Like really good for shoes. The one downtown, the shoes are just too overwhelming. It's a complete mess. You don't even want to walk in there, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But the one downtown is absolutely spectacular for clothing. Like for instance, uh, I found a ninety-five dollar jacket for six bucks. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Although I never once wore the thing and actually ended up donating it. This is what I wonder about. And this is my mom is a legendary bargain hunter. Yeah. Uh, and for her. She would buy something that maybe she didn't even really want because it was such a good deal. And so our house was full of things that she got a great deal on that were not maybe tremendously useful. It happens all the time because you get caught up in it. That's the problem, and that's where you have to be where. That's Is that you, the fourth wait, R, restraint? <laughs> restraint, no, but that will be now because really one of my R's isn't even an R. But <laughs> – and 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 really, I wanted to do keep your eyes open for my third R, but that doesn't start. With keep your R, eye on the sparrow. What? So hold on. So the recon. What I'm saying about recon is you go to all the Ross Dress for Lesses in your area, see what they're like. So I just moved to a new part of town. You know, I mm -hmm. my Totem Lake was my go-to Ross. Right. It was pretty good. Now you've got the Northgate one. Now I'm at Northgate, and it is awful. Sucks. Don't bother. Really. Oh, it just stinks. There's nothing there, and it and it's actually because Ross is a, a see, it's kind of a source of pride for me. Like, mm -hmm. I've someone noticed. says I need X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, oh, I'll take you to Ross, and we'll find it in a snap for nothing. Yeah. So somebody needed a pair of pants. We went to Ross. There was nothing there, not one thing, and it was kind of a little embarrassing for me because right. I had made such a big point right. that right. this was going to solve their problem, mm -hmm. and it didn't at all. Right. So, so you tried to fix Ross up on a blind date with someone, and Ross showed up kind of drunk and <laughs> had spinach in right, its teeth. Exactly, and didn't have a good job. Kept talking about how it was going to try to become a black belt in karate. Happened all, yeah. It, that's exactly what it did. And it brought its mom. Oh, yeah, yeah awkward. All right, awkward. Katie, hold on. I know we haven't even gotten to the third and most uh, esoteric <laughs> abstract of the R's, but we have to take a break here. When we come back, though, I want to uh, hear the third R. I want to talk more about Ross with you, and I want to play you a piece of tape. Okay. that I've uncovered with Jen's help um, that may hurt your heart on the subject of Ross Dress for Less. I want to get your reaction to it. I will ready myself. Pretty damning stuff. Break. We'll do that in a moment. This is TBTL. We're telling you everything you need to know about the next 48 hours of your life. This is the segment where we tell you how to get your dress on for less. Back in a moment. It's TBTL. My life is good. Welcome back to TBTL, News Talk 710 Cairo. We're doing a how-to show tonight. Right now we're talking about how to get deals on clothes. And for our friend Katie Springer, who works on the Ron Don Show, that's, it's a simple process which involves spending most of your waking hours traveling between various Rosses, Ross dresses for less. Um, I want to play this tape for you uh, coming up, uh, but we're going to have to wait till after the news because it's a little bit too long. Okay. But it's somebody <clears throat> besmirching the good name 
of Dress for Less. Okay, so you give us the three R's of Ross. Right. Uh, research, recon, and readiness. Readiness. What's readiness, the third R? Readiness is a couple of different things. Like, first of all, you can't there, – there's two different ways that you can approach a trip to Ross Dress for Less. You can approach it as in, like, I know what I need to get and that is what I shall look for. And then and then you just hit the places you need to hit. Like, you know, if you're looking for pants, you there are three different places that you can look for pants. And, and, and if that's where you're going in for – and then that's what you do, and you only look in those places, and then you're in and you're out. And that, you have to be ready and know what you want. The other way to approach a Ross Dress for Less trip is to keep an open mind and be ready to accept anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you can be walking around looking for a pair of high heels, and all of the sudden, you're confronted with, like, the dish set of your dreams. Right. You sure. know, of course, it sounds like a very you need to you need to take a very zen approach. Right. And then there's another part of it, which is when you're walking around looking for the dish set of your dreams, all of a sudden in a place that you weren't expecting is the other half of the pair of shoes that you found over here that were totally spectacular. And someone's hidden one in one corner of the Ross Dress for Less and someone's hidden the other one in a far corner of the Ross Dress for Less. And you have to be ready and keep your eyes open. You've basically got to flow like water. You have to flow like water water, and that Amazing. is one of the most important things you can learn about Ross Dress for Less. All right. It's a perfect place for us to stop. We're going to take a break for the news. We'll be back with more cheap fashion tips from our own Katie Springer in just a moment. It's TBTL. There are a lot of reasons to join the call with Luke Burbank. You're about to be both Hall and Oates. This is not going to get that. Hey, all right. Go inside. Taking you inside to the power of inside, six nights a week. It's TBTL, News Talk 710 Cairo. We're here from 7 to 10 each evening. And then on Saturdays, it's the best of TBTL. We're trying to help you out in your life. And uh, one of those things is dressing yourself. And how can you do that for less? Well, there's actually a store with that in the title, Ross Dress for Less. And it's number one alkalite is Katie Springer, producer of The Ron and Don Show. Uh, now, Katie, uh, during the break, you and your handsome fiancé, Jeffrey, were discussing how much Ross dress for less you guys are currently wearing. Yes. How, how, how much do you have on and how much does Jeff have on? Now, this is uh, – I'm going to take both of my outfits today because my work outfit today, which I went home and changed, uh, was entirely head-to-toe Ross dress for less <laughs> from the shoes – the dress, uh, I was wearing a little sweater thing. Uh, and the sweater, meanwhile, was uh, uh, Nine West, which is a fairly yeah, nice brand. Sure. And you can buy that in fairly nice stores, right? I assume. I've never been in one, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> today at work, I was entirely Ross dressed. And how much do you think that outfit, how much would you guess that oh, outfit? Oh, I, I don't even have to guess. I don't even you have, have to guess. numbers at the tip of I your do. fingertips. I because, do, because every time I find something like this, I get excited. Because So the sweater, the Nine West I sweater, yeah. was really cute. It was actually kind of pricey at $17. $17.99, so $18. Wow. A little you broke pricey. the bank for that I did. one. That's, that's, that at Ross will get you. Absolutely. That'll get you. You can actually take one of the employees into white slavery. <laughs> 
they have to live at your house. That came with the sweater. Right. Oh. Yeah. Which was handy. It was like kind of a twofer. Yeah. It was weird, though, because uh, the employee had uh, their nose piercing was that anti-theft thing. <laughs> so then they had to have it taken out. Before I could take her That's out of awkward. the store. Yeah. But at least my house is clean. Yes, absolutely. Um, so then the the dress, I was wearing a little dress as well. Yeah. That particular dress was a stu- like a stupid deal at, um, I think it was $8. Wow. Yeah. And the shoes, which I'm still currently wearing, uh, were twelve ninety nine, And they're the shoes? cute Can as a button. throw them up on the uh, yeah. desk there? Oh, they are very cute. They're know, black. They're, they have a little buckle There's something on them. called Nicole. I don't know what that is. Okay. But, and then how about Jeff's outfit? Jeff's outfit. He is he is head to toe in Ross Dress for Less right now. He's wearing, and this was not a put a on. stunning ensemble. Th- this was not speci- well, no. because of the, tonight's These topic. These are his favorite Clothes. Did like you pick sweater. them out or did he also shop I, at Ross? I found them and then I bring them home. And if he doesn't like it, I take it home. No harm, no. F- I take Feedback. it. I mean, take it back to Ross. So he's got a nice a zip up uh, kind he's of sweater. He's wearing a zip up sweater. Uh, it's gray ribbed zip up sweater with blue. It's Arizona, which is not a good brand. That's from JCPenney. Yes, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that one. Um, so it's not like the best brand, but it's a it's nice a step sweater. step up from Kirkland it. brand jeans. <laughs> exactly. Which are available at Finer. Costco's. Uh, so it's a a, a a gray rib sweater with a blue stripe down the side, and it's his favorite sweater. But you're very excited, mostly about the jeans. Yeah, right? the jeans kill me. The jeans are paper denim. I sound like kind of a label, you know what? But I'm not. I just get excited when I get yeah. something cheap. Yeah. Uh, they're paper denim and cloth jeans, uh, and I got them for twelve ninety nine. How much do you think that those would retail phenomenal. for? They're like a hundred and thirty dollar jeans. Now. <clears throat> Can you give me the short version of how that's possible? Because well, here's if they're what $130 happens. jeans, why, who's, why, how's anyone making money selling them for 12 bucks? Well, here's what happens. They're, they're closeouts from big, huge, like either department stores or like boutiques or whatever. And what happens is another company comes in and buys all the stuff that a particular store can't sell and then resells it to Ross at a, at like a nothing price. So it's not like you're getting, I mean, you're, de- there, there are definitely, uh, seconds that you're getting. A lot of it's seconds. And so it's going to have, have like a snag here or there. Mm. And those are things you have to be aware of and you just don't buy them. But the short condensed version is um, these store, whatever these stores don't sell, this uh, some other company will swoop in and buy everything. They'll buy it in bulk, which is what they want. They just want it out and gone. Sell it to Ross at a discount and Ross, you know, just sells it to you. So and you I, learned about I, this. How did you I, learn about this, Katie? I learned about this. And this is kind of cobbled together, but I learned about it from watching that show, The Real Housewives of New York City, because <laughs> because one of the women does this for a living. And so she was talking about like what her job was. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, that must be how Ross gets all their stuff. And I thought it was like fast. Like, could you imagine doing that for a living? It sounds like a dream come true, doesn't it? No, for me. <laughs> what were you gonna ask, Jennifer? Well, I'm, I did not know that there that you could return things there. I think oh, that. absolutely. They have a lovely return policy, uh, as long as you haven't taken off the tag or touched the item in any way. <laughs> they'll take it back, and they'll take it back, no questions asked. And or if your tag is gone but you still have the receipt, they will still take it back if it looks good or if it looks decent. Yeah. Um, uh, but they'll give you store credit, and okay. which for me is very handy. Jen and I went and saw a movie a while ago, a screener of a movie. It wasn't all that funny. It was called the Vince Vaughn's Wild West Comedy Show, but there was one part of it. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> there was one part of it, though, that we both were rolling. And, do you know what this guy's name is? Sebastian Mariscalco. Whoa. Traditional spelling. <laughs> it's him talking it spells ab- just like it sounds. This is him talking about Ross. 
went to Ross for less. Anybody been to this nightmare? First of all. I walked in. Hold on, hold on. Whoa. I'm going to – let's pretend this is intervention, and I'm uh, <laughs> I'm uh, Jeff Van Vonderen. I'm uh, – well, here's what I'll say. There's some people here. I just see a bunch of people here just love you to death. They're worried that you're shopping <laughs> oh at Ross too much. And they just want to tell you that they love you. This really and could then, be. And then, then they'll say what they're going to say, and you say what you're going to say. That's why Jeff wanted to come tonight. And then – We'll be done here. Yeah, you need to just let just, Sebastian say. I'll what just ask you to just. Say. I'll just ask you to just. Okay. Let them have their say, and then you'll have your say. We'll be done. I'll here. use my open mind R of my three <laughs> Ross Dress for Less R. Precisely. In the Ross, I thought I walked into downtown Beirut. <laughs> I thought a bomb went off at this store. <laughs> Everything's on the floor. How are they shopping over there? <laughs> what, are they pulling stuff off the shelf? This is not my size. <laughs> then he mimes someone dramatically it up, throwing, throwing it, it, wadding it up. <laughs> I went looking for jeans. I heard they had cheap jeans over there, right? So I'm in the store shopping. <laughs> I found a pair in housewares. <laughs> stamped irregular. That's what I was talking about. Irregular clothes. You're not getting a deal. You see irregular, you got to lay them out. You got to find out what the hell happened. Why are these a dollar? Because <laughs> originally $175, now slashed to a dollar. And if you're like me, you're looking at the pants, you're like, I, I can't find the mistake here. I think they made the mistake. I think I found a treasure. Till <laughs> so you get to the fitting room. I went to go try them on. I went to go get the zipper, the button, all this stuff wasn't even here. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Yes. In fact, I uh, went and found this totally amazing um, uh, checkered jacket, and it was really, really cute. And I went into the, the dressing room, and I put my arm through one sleeve. Fine, no problem. I put my arm through the other sleeve, and it's like, and they had sewn shut the lining on the inside. <laughs> At least it had lining. <laughs> That's true. I found that right here on the cab. All the underwear, it's all boxed. The box has been ripped open so many They tape many it shut times. for you. They got to duct tape them shut. See? Even you he don't knows even that. know what you're buying. I took a gamble on some CK boxer briefs for 39 cents. <laughs> Which Ross is he going to? I brought him home. I cut the box open. It's a set of forks. (laughs) 
Does any of that ring true for you, Katie? Does any of that <laughs> cause you to? I'm actually crying again from that. <laughs> Well, the the Beirut part I have most definitely experienced time and time again. My uh, my nearest and dearest Ross to my heart was the Ross Dress for Less in Northridge, California. Was it destroyed by the quake? It was. No. They actually you couldn't tell it, it even happened. Couldn't even tell it happened. <laughs> that seems about the same. Um, the, but, but I totally get what he's talking about. But that Ross Dress for Less, like nothing was on the racks. I don't even know why they had racks. They should just have piles of clothes. It was ridiculous. Because why do you want to go there? I don't understand. Did you hear when I said that I got Jeffrey a pair of paper denim and cloth jeans for $12? But it doesn't matter. Why do you want to go to a place where people treat clothing with such disrespect? Because they're getting it for $12. Like, this well, is the something's thing. something's wrong. No, no, no. Okay. You know, I don't see it as a, as a lack of respect for the clothing. I see it as, like, they're on uh, a tear to find it before somebody else does. Mm-hmm. It's a race. It's a treasure hunt. Get, it's a treasure hunt. Exactly. Like, like at a kid's birthday. Who doesn't totally. love a treasure hunt? And you know, the the thing too Who's is allowed to throw people... their stuff on the floor. Who are these people? And you have not been to my house. No, <laughs> <laughs> I should be every. My problem is maybe I just don't necessarily. That is kind of something that I've been thinking about a lot, uh, um, Jen. Is that I don't have a lot of respect for my uh, items. I really don't, which is why I buy trash and why I get it for cheap. Because if but, I throw it away, but or... the question is. Would you have more respect for it if you paid more? I have a I've friend. Wondered. I have a friend uh, who is the king of like. I remember once he wanted a camel hair, which sounds really uncomfortable, but it's actually no. Not. They're beautiful. He wanted a camel hair suit jacket, um, and so he went online and he researched it and he found the one he wanted and he found out the right store. He ordered it and then he went and had it tailored. This was all in like July. And he just like hangs it up on the rack and then he waits and then. Six months later, there's a day in December, he lives in L.A., where he's like, I really want to wear that camel hair. And there it is, and it's perfect, and it's ready to go. He buys one thing. He spends he spends a considerable amount of time researching it. He pays mm-hmm. top dollar for it, and then he keeps it forever. I 100% have a lot of respect for that. I definitely do. It's just not something I can do because mm-hmm. I am hard on everything. I don't pay is attention. Right, oh, it drives me crazy. Fiances? I'm very hard on you fiances. You also, though, get high off deals. That is true. Don't tell I mean, my let's boss. Let's deal with the real problem no, here. No, <laughs> I do. Well, I do get really excited about deals because they not everybody can do it. It's one of those things where, like, if I could shoot pool real well, right. then I'd shoot pool real well. Right. But I can't. But what I can do is spend six hours in Rust Dress for Less. So every time I go to work and someone goes, oh, that's cute, I can be like, oh, yeah, it was $4. You right. know what I mean? Totally. Well, that's, okay. what my, that's what I can do. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about this, Katie, and then just generally your life strategy, because you you could probably live on less money than most of our listeners think they could. Yes. And I think you would have a very – I've seen your home, your lovely home. You look you look great every day with your clothing. I think you've figured out a way to live at like half price. Totally. Katie's life. Half off. Oh, I got all kinds of stories. So uh, I want to try to boil that down and, and pass it on to the listeners because we are trying tonight to uh, uh, kind of people help and let our listeners know what they need to be doing when they're out there in the world. So uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back more with our friend Katie. This is TBTL. That clip, that segment <laughs> makes me laugh every time. This is probably the fifth time I've heard it. 
Oh, and so I, good. I laugh every time and I cry laughing when that comedian <laughs> is talking. Oh my gosh. I know. So funny. What is that guy's name? Did they even say? Seba- is it Sebastian Mascarpone or? <laughs> I, oh yeah. It's like, oh, because he said traditional spelling. Traditional spelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something Italian. I would see that guy. I would totally see that guy. He nails everything about it in such a beautiful way. Everything's well, Lauren, on what... the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, why? what makes this one of your favorite segments? I guess what I like about it so much is that it's accessible to everyone. I mean, when you send somebody... Uh, you know, something that's totally out of context, like an, a live bumper shoot. You're like, no, 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 seriously, stick with it. But this one, you know, it's it's self-contained and it's a lady who's completely obsessed with this place. She's got a really well thought out, uh, structured and organized approach, including, you know, three R's for approaching your <laughs> Ross trip and Oh and, God! And it's so that three R's. Come on! It's, it's so systematic, and and that's something uh, that, that Jen was really known for. Then was having these systems and something mm-hmm. else. You know, I mean, her real mission for the show initially was to help others live better and to cure world loneliness. She always had mm-hmm. these missions and wanted to connect people with people that could help them and so, try to pie go your life. She was always pie- looking to pie go your life. <laughs> pink yellow green orange pigo yes so it's just making your life better and so you know it really i mean there's two things you can take from this one it's hilarious and you'll enjoy the show but two you'll actually maybe have a better plan for next time you go to ross dress for less i mean it's, yeah. yeah it's pretty useful like don't give up i mean there might be better things out there so what here's my ross dress for less story when i got out of prison and i was in the halfway house about uh, I don't know two three weeks after I got out, um, I got my first paycheck and I went to the Ross Dress for Less in downtown Seattle, which is a good one. Oh, She's that's right. the worst one. <laughs> no, it that's they're good. That's the one that I looks think. like a bomb went off. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, you're right, Christy. You're right about that. It's the worst as far as how it. You know, the, the aesthetics. Oh, yeah. But but it's the best as far as getting more for your money. And <laughs> that's true. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, at that place, they just have to come in with a rake at the end of the night <laughs> to get the store ready. Just like rake it up or like a Zamboni, like didn't wait, it all to the center. Didn't Luke's brother work at one of those stores at one point? Was it Ross that he worked TJ at? No, no. TJ Maxx. He's a Maxinista. Oh, Get it that's right. right, Lauren. That's, Get it that's right. Too, that's too expensive. For which, which uh, it goes, I think it goes Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Ross. Am I right? Do you, yes. Do you, have a, do you have a Bell's outlet over there? Oh, yeah, no. yeah. We have Bell's, <laughs> but, but uh, I've, not, I've not been in there. Mm-hmm. The name pisses me off because it should be Beals. I know. And everyone yeah. calls it Bells. Makes me mad. <laughs> I think they should call it Endalls because it's pretty Yeah, right, right. Beals <laughs> and Endalls certainly will be the end of you. So um, is that the one is that worse than Ross? I would say so, yeah. It's I'm going to have to go there. I, it's not as much of a, a of a disaster as it is just kind of a ooh, man. Sad. What strikes <laughs> me is Okay, like you got your Nordstrom rack, which is almost the same kind of deal, 
but nothing's on the floor. What is it about the Ross customer that just has no regard, has no idea or awareness that there might be someone else that might want to shop here someday? It's It's really a weird thing. And, you know, the the question actually comes up in the show and it turns into kind of a philosophical discussion, but they just don't have time to go there, which is, you know, is it because the clothes are so cheap that they're treated this poorly? And if you invested more in clothes, and, and Katie actually mentions starting to think about this, you know, if you invested more in your clothes, would you treat them better? You know, it, wouldn't you have a different view of and respect for... Well, definitely the, when you get them home, yes. Yeah. When you get them home. So why <laughs> yeah. why wouldn't it, why wouldn't it transfer to when you're shopping? I agree with that. That's That makes a lot of sense to me. And it makes Jen so uncomfortable that Christy yeah. just does not have any regard whatsoever and has all this free time. And she can just go to different Rosses around town. And Well, yeah. that that leads me to what I really need, because I have to bring the male perspective tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The husband. <laughs> Why? Jeff. This poor oh, bastard. Jeff. But, Mike, what are Mike his weekends I need to stop like? you before we, <laughs> That's what I before know. we even start I mean, this. I mean, I went to Dillard's on Sunday for an hour with Emily uh, while she was shoe shopping, and I felt like I should have gotten a, a medal. How many Ross Dress for Less is Jeffrey going to? It sounds like he's going to none, and that she's just going and bringing him things home, yeah. saying, here, here, wear this. I mean, she does say she oh, brings You know what? Back. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I think Jeffrey has a whole weekend to himself, because she's a maniac. She's out <gasps> <Huh>? there. <laughs> but, Mike. He could go golf. He could do two rounds of golf a day. <laughs> oh, Mike. Yeah. Oh, you are a cheap bastard. You should love this. You should I... get Emily to... Go to the Bells and to the Ross Dress for Less. No, Emily Emily will go to Ross Dress for Less. We had one almost across the street from where we live, and now it's it's closed. But uh, it was one of the worst. I mean, the stained floors and... Um, the smell. I, it yeah. always has a weird smell. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, but clo- clothes-wise, I will get some cheap clothes or whatever, but I'm not going to waste a lot of time looking. I'm just not. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. I I I used to talk about this, um, like way back in the day, uh, like like college days or something. I could I could play pickup basketball for three, four, five hours a day and not feel tired, and then take me to the mall, and I'm like ten steps in, and I'm looking for somewhere to lie down. Yeah, a friend of mine <laughs> used to call it mall head. It's like you go in, and then after thirty minutes, you're like, oh, "Man, I need either need a coffee or I need to leave because I, just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am worn out." They need to pump that casino air. Yeah, yeah, some <laughs> caffeinated air or something, because I can't yeah. do it. I just can't do it. Well, if I'm shopping for something, my set, like I'm shopping for a gift or something, I have a little more stamina than when I'm with someone who is, you know, they're looking for something and I don't need anything. Then it's. It's like you're completely drained of life almost instantly. <laughs> it's really true. And I well, except that, you know, if I go to a Ross, I can't have an objective at all. I have to go in with like she said, whatever the third the third R that's really a B, just kind of that open mindedness. <laughs> I'm I'm making it an O now, but readiness, I guess. <laughs> but like you just mm-hmm. you know, if I go in with like the Zen approach, clear my mind, walk in and say, whatever comes. And then maybe I'll find, you know, a pasta I've never tried. 
in the, <laughs> right. in the right. underwear section. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know. So, but if I have something to do, then forget it. I'm not going in. So the two things that really got me too with the, the, the two brands that she'd found, not at Ross, <laughs> uh, since we're talking about Katie, I have to say not at Ross Dress for Less because she has to say the whole thing Ross Dress for Less, every time. Yes. Yeah, um, the two brands that she found that weren't at Ross Dress for Less, but it's sort of a knockoff, uh, Gus Jeans <laughs> oh, with yes. an American flag <laughs> between the U and the S, uh, genius in my opinion. And then so also great. DKNYC. <laughs> yeah. Whoever did these knockoffs deserves every penny they earned, you know? Uh, absolutely. I, I admire people that are able to put one over on people like that. Although, you know, it reminds me of what people are doing now on the Kindle store when you buy a book, because I was going to read The Alchemist by Paulo Silo, or however you pronounce mm -hmm. his last name, but instead, I bought accidentally The Alchemist by Paolo Bajalupi because it was second in line and it was cheaper. And I read through <laughs> and I was bragging about it because everyone talks about how The Alchemist is one of the best books ever. And I was bragging about it to everyone. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm reading this book. It's so good. And as it starts winding down, I'm like, what is this story about this wizard who's imprisoned and... <laughs> has to stave off this bramble that's taking over the town with this alchemy. And then at the end of the book, it says, tune in next time for the next book. And I was like, hang on. <laughs> and the next one. That's when I realized <laughs> I had read like a young adult fiction <laughs> version of The Alchemist, which is supposed to be this like seminal book. It's, um, you know, sold millions of copies. And so then I had to um, eat a lot of humble pie and say, oops. Oh, I admire you because, I mean, a more cowardly thing would have been to, like, read a summary of the actual book, you know, and just deny, <laughs> That's what deny having done for. what you actually did. Yeah, I know. But what are you going to do? You know, at that point, it was like the cat was out of the bag and it just... <laughs> I needed to, but I, I did ultimately read the real one. But that's what they're doing these days. It's They're, they're naming themselves yeah. one letter oh, off. Yeah. Yeah, I this uh, this American wife, you know, that's my next podcast. <laughs> I bet it would get twenty times it. the downloads we're getting right now, just it's by American mistake. Wife. Oh, please, yes, <laughs> that's good. What else about the episode? What well, uh, Luke's reaction? Um, he seemed delighted the whole time, but there there is some part of him that I mean he. There was a time in his in his life, just like mine, when when going to Ross was a step up, like from clothes people gave you when you got out of prison. I think that's one of the most interesting things about it is that Katie is so I mean, she she obviously comes from the same kind of background that she admits fully that she was a have not and that a friend of hers mom even brings her, you know, canned goods the next day after her friend comes over and you know, and Luke always, you know, talks about his childhood and Susie's thriftiness and um, but his approach to that in life is it seems to be kind of, you know, let, let's poke fun at that and then move as far away from it as possible. And Katie, on the other hand, is like, here's how you can live like that. Only you can look like you're not living like that. So it's interesting. Um, 
his reaction. It's, do you think? Do you guys think the bargain barn still exists? Can you still buy clothes by the pound? <laughs> oh, I need to find out. You can. You can. Is there oh, a bargain barn? Goodwill. I don't you know. can. Have you bought There's clothes by the pound, Christy? In... Where? I haven't. Jeremy's telling me this. Jeremy has. Have South you? Seattle Goodwill. <laughs> by really? the pound? Do they fit? <laughs> How much per pound? How much is it per pound? He's looking it up. Uh, because the thing is, I think women's clothes would be a bigger bargain here because, like, if you're if you're like a bigger guy like Jeremy and like me, um, that weight yeah, adds up like quickly. I noticed that, like, when I paid to get my laundry done, uh, this was many many years ago. A few times I had my paid to get my laundry done, and it's like, yeah, these these thirty eight pants, they're <laughs> they're a killer, you know. But when could you ever? I mean. I'm just trying to imagine the situation where I would be piling up clothes. I guess I'm envisioning like a supermarket sweep where I want I want my pounds to add up, and that's not the goal. The goal is to no, pounds. no. Oh yeah, you look like a hobo, but <laughs> man, not, it's not wear as many as possible. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, anything else on the clip, guys? I don't think so. I don't think so. With that, we're going to move on to uh, – I, I was going to do TBTLism of the day, but we're already running kind of long. We have a really good one tonight that requires uh, kind of a little research, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be Digstown. So next week, we're yes. going to explain Digstown mm-hmm. and what it means to Digstown a guest. But I uh, had a couple pieces of housekeeping we need to get to. Number one, the picture comments. Jeremy attacked me pretty harshly on the Takedown podcast about – uh, my picture comments saying they were inaccessible, hard to understand. They were um, inappropriate. He had a lot of adjectives, and it hurt me pretty deeply. And I turned to y'all to, you know, because I, I thought if if other people feel this way, I certainly don't want to impose my my awful sensibility on people. So I just asked for some feedback, and I didn't get any negative feedback. So I assume that the several people that Jeremy were talking about just stepped back when he stepped forward. Christy, are you one of those people? It's okay. It's just, This is a safe space. So what you're saying is that you have a captive audience of people that love you, and you went on that mm-hmm. fan site mm-hmm. and said, hey, everyone, do you, someone hate, someone you don't know hates when I do this thing, <laughs> but do you guys hate it? I have my answer, Christy, from you. <laughs> So I that's have my shocking answer. that they answered that way. Shocking. What I, what I don't have, Christy, I have now you and Jeremy, Jacques Hughes, but I don't have any of the any other of the several. So <laughs> until I see the several step forward, I'm not asking for tens or dozens. I'm asking for several. And when I see that But you're literally asking the tens. <laughs> <laughs> that's the issue you're not asking a wide audience of a hundred okay. citizens you're right you're but, right but mike i will say that some of your photo comments are genius the mic drop love it <laughs> because it's so shitty like it's just like drawn in paint <laughs> right and it's so funny that's credit robert pape bobby pape for that but there's there's some that I don't, I honestly don't get. Like, there's one with like a safe landing in a car. Right. You just do that randomly. And I, I was, don't understand. I was playing it. around with that one. It didn't work out. I mean, <laughs> every so every artist about, throws away a canvas once in a while. How about we do something where 
people can vote on your photo comments and they can just reply with reject or mm. a like. Lauren, what do you think? I like that idea. Here's here's how I feel about photo comments. I am not a person who goes after and looks for them. And so anybody who does, I feel like I like I'm not really part of that world, but I appreciate it. Um so I I'm all for it. If you can find good ones, then awesome. And if they don't work, then, you know, it's kind of like another like a tweet that doesn't work. Right, um, right. Or like a comment that doesn't land in a yeah, thread. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone moves on. But, um, but yeah. yeah, no, I'm for it. But I love this idea of voting. I think that would be really fun. Now I'm insecure. Yeah, but that um, would it yeah. would be kind of hurtful yeah. maybe. Now let's so. see. <laughs> um, the, the funny part is when you, when you do it in uh, group chats. You mean actually funny or? or... No, not, okay. not funny. Um, okay. the, sarcastically funny. Um, just because sometimes it just doesn't make sense. In, like, because it's red, referring to three it's... comments back or something like that. Yeah, oh, because, yeah. Right, because you're mm-hmm. pulling then, it or whatever. It. Might, and then... it, it might compel people to read further in and, and really you know, work to understand and make connections. That's right. Yeah. It's educational. But... <laughs> Lauren, how do you feel okay, about co-hosting so, a podcast? Yeah, I was just going to say, Mike, so now this is another shocking. So the guest that you handpicked and brought on here <laughs> is agreeing with you? Oh, I'm no. so shocked. So shocked. Uh, listeners, we're, we're going to have a vote on the new uh, co-host. New new co-host. <laughs> maybe she, maybe, she, anyways, maybe she'll apparently. be able to get a, get us out. At the end of the show. We'll see. Oh, oh that's, that's low, Mike. That was low. Okay. Uh, apparently, all the listeners hate me anyways, according what? to Facebook this week. What? False. Totally false. I don't know where you got that idea. I have no idea. So, what happened, Christy? Oh, just I've been tagged a lot. I've been tagged a lot. I've been told on to Andrew uh, for oh, some stuff. Oh. Uh, people apologize for things. I, I just... I couldn't. You know, I had a breakdown yesterday. That's not cool, yeah. guys. No tagging, <laughs> and no no talking about what we do on this. It's basically it's Fight Club, right? This is our safe space. Oh yeah, right. If if Andrew and Luke want to listen, that's their prerogative. And if they don't, don't tell them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's all good, man. The, the, they are down with everything we're doing. They're fine with the criticism. It's all fine. Everyone needs to just relax on that. And, you know, tonight on tonight's TBTL, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Andrew talked about uh, the the thread. I think it was Jeremy's thread saying, stop tagging the guys, stop tagging people when it's a hurtful thing or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and Andrew says he's a big boy. He can take it. And that's fine. And so is Luke. But they get notified everything in Stent's page anyway. There's no, re- no there's no reason to tag them. What um, Jeremy was really getting at with that Facebook post was about Phyllis. There was mm-hmm. something negative that was posted about Phyllis, and someone tagged her in the middle of the thread, and that mm-hmm. just meant that every time someone commented on that thread, Phyllis got another notification. You know, even if it was a positive thing, because they all were, she's getting another notification about someone who said something shitty about her. You know, that's what Jeremy meant, and. I don't want this to turn into any more of a thing than it is already, but you know, um, there is no set Facebook etiquette, but let's just think before we type. Yeah. It's like CCing everyone on an email. That's not, not needed in this land. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, no. <laughs> think about who needs to see it and who wants to see it and who will yeah. be hurt by seeing it. Yes. You know? So, exactly. so tagging um, someone is, is like the reply all of Facebook? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, okay. it, it like usually that. does more harm than good. Um, the, the, the other thing for housekeeping, I was looking at the TBTL Wikipedia page the other day. It's perfectly nice, perfectly serviceable, but it could have a lot more information. It could be a lot more up to date. Uh, a lot of people are stepping forward and doing things like archiving shows, doing soundboards, doing cartoons. Um, any, I know we have a lot of librarians that listen to the show. I know we have a lot of nerds <laughs> out there. Um, can, can somebody or some group of people maybe step up and, and work on the Wikipedia page? Because that's one thing like new listeners, people that are deciding whether they're going to listen or keep listening or whatever. I know when I'm listening to a podcast and I'm in front of my computer, I can click on and, you know, read a little bit about the show and a lot more information would be welcome there. So I don't know if you guys have looked at it lately. I haven't. Um, I haven't. No, <clears throat> it's just, it hasn't been updated in a long time. It's, it has Andrew, but. Outside of that, you know, all the new, all the really new stuff is not there. So, um, how to get involved with the show website, littleredbandwagon.com. Um, There's a form there to fill out. Lauren filled it out, and here she is. Uh, Facebook or our Facebook page or the Stems page, either way is fine. Personal Twitter is at Drew McFrizz, at Kissy Eyes, K I S S I E Y E S. Uh, show Twitter is uh, at LRB Podcast. Um, you can email us um, at littleredbandwagon.com. Um, and then uh, you can get at us on a voicemail as well. And the number for that is 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. That's all I have for tonight, Christy. Lauren, thanks so much for coming on. It was a delight. I'm sorry you had to stay up so late. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Did you hear me? <laughs> Christy? Yeah, I heard you. I just am terrible. Christy. I'm terrible at doing the ending. Let's, well, let's let's let our my new co-host do it then. And until next time, this is the next party. And I love you, Jen. And good luck to all. <laughs> and like, until next I was time, really... on to the next party. I love is you, Jen. <laughs> this is the next party. Oh. Wait, Mike. Damn it. There you go. Christy even ruined Lauren's take. I cannot believe it. If Christy died tomorrow, her hand would reach out from beyond the grave and strangle whoever tried to close the show instead of her. I I believe it to be cursed. Nailed it.